Welcome to the Sydney Property Muppets podcast. It is Kurt Lawther, the real estate agent, and with me and forever is always... Chris Clark, the buyer's agent. I love the energy, Kurt. I really hope I'm in the frame. Um, <laughs> no. So guys, uh, this is part B on uh, Spotify. We have decided just to give a bit of an intro in case someone does come across it straight away to show that we are very energetic, but also then once we get into the podcast, we do sort of tone it down a little bit just to get out some really good stories and information. So nice, uh, Chris, what were we talking about in our last episode? So we continue on with the Day in Life and Auction Buyers Edition. In this one, uh, we talked through previously uh, the pre-auction, so what to do prior to, you know, yep. not having family there, have a number during the auction, so bidding strategies, you know, good, bad, and the ugly about how to move forward. Now we're dovetailing into nicely post-auction. Post-auction. Now, I talked a lot last time about the phobia of negotiating after. Before we talk about that scenario, I'd pose you, a buyer is at an auction, the property, the bidded, They've been the bridesmaids, they come second, they've lost the auction, uh, they should just get in their car, go home, shut the laptop and, and begin searching in a week, or what do you think they should do? What's, what's an opportunity, you talk about an opportunity. Off, yeah, off so this is a big opportunity and I'll explain it from a real estate agent's perspective. So sometimes as agents, we're prospecting and we're finding people that are ready to sell their home, they're picking an agent. However, some people, they, they don't want a campaign. They don't want any of that. They just want someone to come in and buy their home. Hmm. It's very hard as an agent in terms of when you're door knocking or prospecting to... I'm a very ethical agent and I, I will never make up that I've got to buy it if I don't have one. Yep. However, the confidence that I have when I do have a hot buyer who's keen, I've seen them bidding at auction, I know that what they say their budget is, their budget is. Yep. Because surprisingly, buyers don't just be like, look, here's our pre-approval. This is our maximum that we can go to. Mm -hmm. um, I can then I actually- don't. <laughs> I know the lot do though. Some do. <laughs> uh, I, I like those people. I know you do. I, uh, yeah, I do too actually, because it means when they come to me that we're ready to go. Anyway, keep going. Um, that I can actually knock on a door and I've done it before where I've gone and uh, Hello, it's Kurt from Shed Property. How are you going? They're like, good. I was like, got 30 seconds. I've got someone who's missed out at auction. They genuinely keen to buy. Would you be open to selling for the right price? And for me to be able to go into that door, to that cold call in a way sometimes, or even a text message with that confidence that I've got someone. It's, it's fantastic. Now that, so I think I missed a step here. I may have missed it, maybe, maybe, maybe not. At the end of the auction, they missed out. Yep. What do they, they jump in their car? What are they, okay, what, yes. what are they doing there? So, sorry. So that's from the perspective of the agent knowing, and you'll see where this links up, is that don't go home. Speak to the agent. Keep building that relationship. Stay there, have a chat. Because that way, that agent is then more likely to do what I was just talking about. Yeah. Yep. Whereas if you, if you bugger off, sometimes we don't hear from people again sometimes, and yeah. we're just like, I want to help you. Yeah. So I think there's a nice you said before about you, you as a buyer, you'll go through many properties and you'll build some rapport with an agent, but the agent doesn't know if you're going to buy now, in three months, in 12 months time, when they see you bidding an auction and I see you bid an auction, I know that likely you're going to buy in the next probably within the next three months, highly likely, almost unlikely you're not going to do so. So that's where I'm, that's what Kurt's saying. If you approach him afterwards and build that rapport, you, know, you can describe or why keep, you like the property. Keep, keep, keep building it. And describe what it is about that property you liked. Um, he'll then be aware of your 
of your budget. Like I said, in this scenario, you've been the bridesmaid, so he's aware of where you're up to. That may, you know, as a buyer, you go, that's bad. But in that scenario there, if he's been, he actually will have full confidence in approaching the local market and propositioning you, knowing that actually you can't spend above that because you just didn't spend above that um, from there. So I think that's a nice way of sort of wrapping up. Now, let's turn turn it over. So let's imagine auctions occurred. um, There's been, there is one bidder. Yep. Only one one bidder. um, But we haven't hit the reserve, right? What, what occurs when there's just, what's the next steps in terms of one bit of that? They've got the right to do what, Kurt? The buyer, the potential buyer, who's bid the highest amount but not got the reserve. Yeah, so regardless of the a number of bidders, the bidder that has bidded the highest gets the first right to refusal. So it doesn't mean that you're only going to get to, ne- you're the one that gets to negotiate for 50 million days. It's just that the auctioneer or agent can come to you and negotiate with you first. Yeah, you definitely get that chance. It doesn't mean forever, Yeah, and, but you definitely get the first right of refusal. So the agent might come back and go, you've offered two million, vendor's looking for 2.2. That, that buyer says, two million's my absolute top. You would talk to the vendor and go, look, they're two million top. No, it's not going to fit. You then tell the buyer no. And then if there's only one buyers, you might be able to turn to them and have a discussion. The other ones who either haven't bid or uh, you know whatever else. Yeah. But in the initial phase, just that initial phase, they get the first right to have a negotiation or first right to refuse. Yes, which is why even if no one's moving at an auction, just get a bid in. Get, yeah. get the most acceptable bid in. Um, and obviously, if they're not accepting your... Your budget, like to say you're you're saying two million, that's your maximum budget, and for some reason the auctioneer's like, nah, we, we need it high. Be like, well then, then you're not going to win. You're not going to yeah. win the property anyway. I've had scenarios before myself uh, that we've bid an auction. We're the only. We're, there's been some other bidders that died off. Um, we're at a point, uh, and I've had agents literally come over to me going, Chris, you're bid off. This is during the auction. You need to build build another bid another fifty thousand above your current offer. And now I look at that agent going, are you nuts? Why am I going to bid during an auction 50 grand above? And I'm, I'm genuine about that. I know some people might go, well, you, sh-, you know, I, I go, well, I've got first right refusal. I am a, I'm an ethical individual. I will actually look at the auction and go, look, we'll make this work, but there's no way I'm going to bid against myself during an auction. I'll happily, after the negotiation, after the auction, look at things. And I've done stuff before where I've gone above or we've met a level. Very rarely have I not found a number that's worked, but I'm just not going to bid against myself. Yeah. So the uh, probably uh, this is the counterpoint. This, this is the counterpoint. Counter, so ca- I, or counter punch. Count, no, I'd say counterpoint is we've Here's had off. auctions where, just say for example, there was two people. Yeah. We knew the second person wasn't going any higher. Yeah. And to make it a process where we put it to the. Uh, the other party who had already who were, who was already the highest bidder, we obviously have we took them into the room and said, look, if you jump, they sort of. I'm talking about during the auction here. No, 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 so, no, no, no. This is during. Okay, this okay. is during. We, okay, we, so our, our, we're speaking to our vendor and they want a certain number. We go back out. We actually bring the highest bidder into a room, like obviously not with the vendor. We say, look, if we can reach this number at the auction, we're going to knock it down to you straight away. It's done, it's yours. And I get it, and you're, you and I are very ethical, we do these things right. I think our listeners would look at that going, unfortunately, 
the industry itself would probably not carry itself with the same reputation and the day they would have a natural fear and I'd, I would sympathise I'm not saying the right decision yeah. or wrong I'd sympathise with them going listen to auction at that point to bid against yourself but we're definitely going to drop the hammer the big fear factor is yeah but what if you're, what if I had that other number come down and then you know something you know no one else bids and then I'm basically paying too much and then I've got to go to negotiation later and even pay more than that and the hammer hasn't dropped. So the hammer hasn't dropped. For me, if an agent's not to, his, not to his word, walk away. Yeah, walk away. That would make sense. Um, look, I had a scenario where um, we were the only bidder and we walked, we, the guide price, I think it was 1.5. We turned up, there was other buyers there. We were the only one who actually bid. We bid 1.5, knowing that we'd be the only one, so we got exclusive rights. After the auction, the agent came and go, said, trying to ask me what my top number is. Obviously, I'm not going to tell them what my top number is. And I said, I've shown you an offer, 1.5. What does it need to be? He said, 1.75. That's a big, big swing. Now, we had more money to spend, but we didn't have that. So we went back and forth, this agent and I, um, over about a 15-minute period. Uh, and with my buyer aware of this, we ended up approving up to 1.62 million. The vendor had decreased from 1.75 down to 1.7. So they made some movement but we we had we had gone up 120 they'd come down 50. yeah the one point six two was absolutely was it it was that was our walkaway point from the beginning of the day to the end of the day that was our walkaway point uh i got in the car and drove drove away um and the agent right has the right then to i've refused the deal they've got the right to negotiate anyone else there was no one else to deal with um the, the agent called me back and said i've got an offer and the vendor is now 1.68 let's get a deal done and I said, no, 1.62. Agent said, well, you need to present the offer, which, which by legislation, I am meant to also present a counter offer back to my client. Apart from what I had done is I would already authorised my buyer to say, unless the agent comes back with an offer of 1.62, you, you authorise me to reject any offer above that. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. So I instructed the agent that it happened. Another 15 minutes or 10 minutes went by. Um, went to chemist warehouse, get some things, got jumped outside my car, got a call from the same agent. Congratulations, we've got them down to 1.62 at your house. He's happy, we're happy, Ven, you know, vendor's happy, so forth. So just scenario there, how it could all, I, I, mm. I, am I saying that always happens? No, but that's a particular yeah. scenario. So just to actually sort of also circle this and round it off in a way is- I don't know if we're gonna round off, I've got another yeah, question. Oh, we, we, another question, but- <laughs> You can see with how many different scenarios and how Chris and I can sometimes have differing points, but it, they're both very valid depending on the situation, is that real estate is not just a game of, it's not just, oh, this is lovely, we get to bid or we get to look at houses. It's a very serious game where it's all about strategy, psychology. Um, a lot of people think, and I'm more so with selling agents at the moment, is that they just get paid to stand at a door and hand, hand out a brochure. This is, it's a very tough game, real estate. And if you're not adept to negotiating or strategy or keeping cool under pressure, you can just see from the stories Chris has told and how dialogue and all that, you can end up costing yourself quite a bit. Or, yeah, because someone might have been like, they've come down 1.68, and a non experienced person might be like, actually, we've got a budget of 1.7. My buy, my buy could have afforded that, not for that, they didn't want to spend that for that property, but they could have afforded that. And so you're right, if they were dealing directly, I've got a feeling. Actually, when we did the deal, the Hamish, the client, 
literally said to me, Chris, thank God we had you here because we would have we would have spent probably one point six or one point seven. So I've saved them. You know, nice patting the shot of me. 60, 80 grand off being that middleman. And my fee is not 60 or 80 grand in that scenario. Yeah. And also from a selling agent point of view, it's like that person, if that had have came up just against a normal buyer, they've then in theory won 60 extra grand for their client when he came back and was like, let's get a deal done at 1.68. Yeah. But you've managed to drag it down to 1.62. Um, so it's a very complex game. And I think... I'll give, you, I'll give you another complication. Yeah. Okay. Another one, one, one more scenario before we wrap things up today. Auction's gone on. There are no there are no bids. No bids. No bids. Yes. You have four registered bidders who are basically indicated through the auction they want to hang around. So they're now hanging around like a bad smell after the auction. Yeah. You as an agent, want to know from the agent side, what do you do in that scenario? You've got four bidders. So I really just talk about multiple bidders, but more than two, so let's say four. Yep. You know, the vendor who's on site, where do you put them all? What do you do? Vendors in one room, probably one of the buyers is in another room. One buyer's on the side of the backyard, yeah, another okay. side of the backyard, and one is out the front. And as much as buyers sometimes may think that, oh, this is the position I want, it's not it, It's not the position. Look, I think I think buyers get an impression that, no, as I, I just gave that one scenario there before, like people listen and they go, oh, but that's the, look at Chris, you did a great strategy. Not every time. With four other buyers in other areas, effectively what you're going to have now is a silent auction. And we, we actually had this scenario where we actually did have five bidders. One five. Five bidders. One person did actually chuck a bid that wasn't, it was actually below the guide, wasn't good enough. They had first right of refusal. Um, they, they were out at that number. But then we had the four people and we ended up, because of that, going up, I think it was three, four hundred thousand extra dollars yeah. And we told people, look, you get to see your competition, who's actually bidding, and it can be done and dusted, and be yours. This is going to turn into an auction after the auction. And everyone's like, what do you mean? We explained it, and they were like, nah. Because no, they, they, they probably all thought, no, I'll be the only one. If no one if the mindset is, honestly, if no one else is bidding, as a buyer, I can imagine, I've done this before myself, when I did it for myself, your thought process, well, no one else is bidding, it'll just be me negotiating. Not realizing that the guy next to you is thinking the same thing, and the lady over there is thinking the same yep. thing, and the old couple over there is thinking the same thing. And um, unfortunately, we are humans. We've got an ego. Is that you think you could out? Well, not out negotiate a real estate no. agent, but you think but this the, is your job. But this, and I think that's what people. It's not there. They don't. How often do people buy a house? Every maybe every seven. three years, five years, seven years, ten years, something like that, right? Yeah. How often do you do you sell a house? Every five days, every t- ten days. I don't know. It, it's a lot. We, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so even if it's not it's my property, it's more. helping out on one of my no, colleagues' no. properties. Whatever it is, it's going to yeah. be exponentially more. Yeah. Basically, you know, they're going up against you know Tom Brady, and they're the they're the you know college quarterback themselves and the other team. They've got no chance. Tom. Um, all right. Think that. I think that wraps it up. Thing. I just thought also maybe a topic for another day: auction house. Auction. I think this is a very different scenario when you go to an auction house, so you're not on the property itself, and there's 10 properties up for sale. I think there are a few tweaks and a few different minds as we could talk about another time. Yeah. Um, before we get into the three quick cues, our three quick cues, I think the past two episodes have been a little bit different where they've been a little bit more probably story orientated. Yep. I think it's just a very key indicator that 
property is a complex, it's a complex. It's, yeah, buying at auction is simple, but it's like poker. It's like, you know, uh, no, no Holden, uh, Texas, Texas Holden takes a minute to learn a lifetime to, to, to master. master. Yeah. An auction is relatively simple. Yeah, the price, the highest bidder wins. But it's, takes a lifetime yeah. to master. Good point. Okay, three quick questions. Who's going first? Um, I think you can. I can go first. Uh, Chris. Do you have one? Look, off the top of my head. Um, Mitch, write them do, down before Do you prefer pre-auction, auction, or after auction in terms of negotiation? If I could, I'd do pre-auction. Pre-auction. Yep. Um, should you register? Very simple one. Should you register for the auction on the day, or is it best practice to do it the day before? I'll see, I'll see the agent. Nice. Nice. Didn't expect that. Good. Your turn. Uh... Are you, uh, are you an investor in property or stocks? Uh, property, investor property. in property. Yep. Have you ever had a property you're selling where you genuinely actually looked and crunched numbers to try and either you buy or your family or some sort of shared team, you know, your girlfriend, partners, buy? No. No? Okay. No. I expected a yes, but that's okay. That's good. No. Next one. Um. <sighs> God, actually, uh, something personal, here, big fella. I was like, "What is what is your biggest fear?" My biggest fear, oh, I think it'll be uh, right. Yeah, probably an obvious one, but just my, you know, my kids' happiness, my kids having a long, long, you know, having their life cut short or something. It's a sad okay. one, but it's that's the one that comes to mind. And fair enough. Um, <laughs> talking about kids uh, or, or younger life. Uh, more younger kids. Younger kids. What was your highest ever cricket score? Uh, Seventy-one not out. I knew you'd know it. <laughs> Very good. Well, as we always say, advice is general in nature. Please talk to the experts. Reach out to Kurt, myself, here on the Sydney Property Markets or Sheed Property or S- Sydney Property Muppets. Sorry, did I say something to you? Markets. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure what you're talking about. Sydney Property. Oh, well, Clark Buyers Agents would love to have a chat. But otherwise, thank you for dropping by, and we'll look forward to you coming along next week. Perfect. Also, in case you didn't hear, it was shed property. Come on, Chris, shed property. Get, get there. Like, subscribe, you know, tell a friend about it. We're trying to get this right. We're up to nine at the moment on YouTube. Yep. Uh, we're pretty happy with that. We're early days. We're thank, looking for double digits. Thank you, generally, to anyone that listens, pays a little bit of attention, because we generally want to make this process of buying and selling and just understanding the market as simple as we can. And the more people that listen, then the better people yeah. have an understanding. Yeah. And for those who do subscribe you've been, and got to this end of the podcast, enjoy the merch. Nothing you can buy, but just enjoy it. <laughs> All the best. Enjoy, guys.